What are you doing? Stacking sets. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Winchell Time. It's Day and Airy. Dairy, yo. <laughs> it is pandemic show number 12, COVID-19 pandemic show number 12. We are one, one night late. Last night we had some child care, child issues, and so... Child sleeping issues. Yeah, it's... You had a couple nightmares. It's daily okay. nightmare. And so, did not re- get to record. A lot has transpired in the price of Bitcoin, which we'll get to mm-hmm. in a moment mm-hmm. uh, over the course of uh, less than 24 hours. But again, it's uh, COVID-19 pandemic show number 12. It is Thursday, June 11th, uh, approximately 10 p.m. And this will go out tomorrow, June 12th on Friday. So if you're listening, happy Friday to y'all. You made it. (laughs) Yeah, so a nickname we use at work is called Pre-Friday. Thursday is (laughs) Pre-Friday. So it's giving the Friday vibes out there. Uh And this is uh, season two, episode 29. 52 weeks in a year, so at 29, we're more shows than half the year. <laughs> oh, nice job. High five. Somehow that happened, yeah. All right, so one quick economic statistic that was a real huge surprise and put a surge into the stock market was the uh, last month's unemployment report. So yeah. May's unemployment report, it was an unexpected uh, gain in jobs. Mm-hmm. And so the unemployment rate went down when everyone was expecting it to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. And so the stock market went on a tear last week or so because that report came out last week. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a part of the whole flame up, the melt up that's it's been happening lately. It's so weird, like seeing all those charts go green and the, these like charts go up and to the right. It makes me really worried because... That's not the state of affairs, mostly across America and the world. And how does that work? You know, like who's there's a lot of people benefiting right now, like making a lot of money, you know? Well, they just lost it all today. Oh, what? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Markets were down um, mid single digit percentages, 5%, 6%, something like that today. Today, literally today, it was just a meltdown today. Uh-huh. And so we'll we'll get to that a little bit later too. So um, yeah, it was a very very interesting less than twenty four hours that transpired since uh, we should have recorded the show last night. And there's my machine. I need to mute it. Fascinating. So how are you, Day? I'm doing okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a little exhausted. I'm thinking I'm gonna grab a beer <laughs> actually <laughs> as soon as we're done taping the show. Because I have to edit the show, get it out tonight for, again, tomorrow, June 12th. And I'm just exhausted. Because the market has been going bonkers, I've been trying to, you know, my nights and weekends job, trying to add value, extra value to the assets under management, (laughs) under (laughs) Dairy Corp. Thank you for being our awesome CIO. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, CFO. CIO. Remember yeah, chief that? Chief Investment Officer. Remember that little I argument we got into? Chief Information Officer, like IT. Yeah. I so Ari and I got into this uh, very little, like, poignant tiff because I was saying it was for an event. And I was saying we should contact the CIOs, CIOs. And she's like, Why? CIOs? 
That's stupid. Why why would we call the CIOs? What are they going to do? What, what do they have to say about investments? I'm like, I, I just kind of <laughs> stopped and looked at her. I was like, we need to take a step back. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, There's chief like information officers know nothing about investing. Amiss. <laughs> and then I asked her, what's your definition of CIO? <laughs> <laughs> well, coming from tech, it was chief inve- I know, inve- I know. <laughs> information officer. I had learned that the hard way, too, because I kept on saying CIOs everywhere. And I'm like, why? why? Well, what's the deal with chief information officers in the, inf- in the investment business? And then I <laughs> came to the... Uh, <laughs> realization that it's inf- uh, in, um, investment officers. Um, like our dear Travis Kling over at uh, Ikigai. So he's a founder, co-founder, and he's a CIO. He's really cool. investment officer. He's really, yes. really cool. I'm yes. very impressed with him. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so thanks for asking how I'm doing. I appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing uh, great. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm a little tired because I've been sleeping in like two, three hour chunks lately all week. I wake up at all weird hours, you know. I mean, I ping you in the around like 12, 1, 2 o'clock saying like, hey, <laughs> 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 right? Like time to go to sleep. Yeah. And then I wake up around like 4, 5, and then I wake up around 6, 7. And so like I've just been like broken sleeping all week. I don't know what's going on with me, but I'm still like feeling great. I'm very thankful. Like I love our family. I um I really like the company I'm at. I'm uh hitting eight weeks now, so two mm. months in, mm-hmm. and I still am in the honeymoon phase. Maybe I don't know. I still really <laughs> like the company. I'm just having a really great time. I really think they're doing good work. They're really nice, 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 good people, and so it's it's such a nice change um from you know previous employment. <laughs> things that I've done that before. Um, so, like, I think this is one of my favorite companies so far. Yeah. yeah. Good. Let's hope the honeymoon phase turns <laughs> into the permanent phase. Yeah. Good. Good. I mean, it's just another testament to the fact that our work lives is a third of our lives. And so, if our work lives are not satisfactory or satisfying, that it has a major effect on the third of our life uh, that's that's spent sleeping. Mm-hmm. And then, you you know, you're stressed about your work life then you're in your eight hours of pleasure a day, mm-hmm. then you're going to be thinking about it then, too. Well, it helps. In, it's also in relationships, you know, like when, you know, husband and wives are not getting along, it, everything looks horrible. Everything is horrible and we're fighting. I hate every <laughs> moment of life when we're not happy with each other. So tell that story last night about uh, the lentil after he woke up the one time <laughs> screaming and then you helped him go to bed. Yeah, yeah. So I was like catching up with our au pair and then we heard screaming and I was like, oh, he's having another nightmare and more screaming and more screaming. And then he comes out. And so I was like, oh, I'll put you back to bed. So I went and put him back to bed. And within like three, four minutes, he was asleep. So I'm like, oh, good. He was tired. And so I'm about to get up and I start moving around. And then suddenly he shoots up, sits up and he looks over at my bed. Because, you know, he sleeps in our room right now. <laughs> <laughs> On the floor, next to our bed. We call it it's the so nest. so wonderful. <laughs> he looks up at the bed and he's like, oh, no, not again. And he started screaming, mommy. And I, like, tap him on his shoulder. I'm like, what? I'm right here. He's like, oh. He lays right back down and falls back asleep. <laughs> <laughs> that little guy. Mm, mm, mm. But he is quite, quite endearing. Yeah. So, yeah, I just realized that uh, to folks who don't have kids, listening to people talk about their kids is just nauseating. (laughs) (laughs) 
all right. I am on Twitter. I am Luggage Donkey. Super easy to remember. And I'm Aerie in Seattle. And Aerie spelled without the L. Larry without the L. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it takes longer to explain it, of course, than what the alias is. Thank you to the WTIA for their continued sponsorship, the Washington Technology Industry Association. Yes, representing over 1,100 technology companies in the Pacific Northwest. We create one collective voice when it comes to policy, creating community, and um, also um, creating a collective in receiving benefits like health care, 401ks, collective buying efforts like that. Awesome, awesome, yep. Appreciate the leadership of Michael Schutzler out there. Shout out to him. And the chair, Heather Redman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had them on a show. I'll put that in the show notes uh, last year, and that was a really fun one because it was a, a quad pod. It was all four of us <laughs> uh, you know, on the show here. Yeah. Let's go ahead and jump into the Satoshi math. Yeah, what's the price of Bitcoin at now? Well, if we had done the show last night, <laughs> we'd be <laughs> at ninety. We would have been at ninety nine hundred. But uh-huh. then there was this flash crash that happened in the last twenty four hours. Oh, no. They said it it came down to like nine thousand. So <gasps> I'm gonna say it's approximately ninety four hundred dollars right now. Again, okay. approximately ten p.m. Thursday, okay. June tenth. And so when you do the Satoshi math on that, and again that is the hashtag Satoshi math. We're one of the first, if not the first, search result in your favorite search engine. And remember, Satoshis are the smallest denomination of Bitcoin. So when you look at dollars, there are cents, C-E-N-T-S, and you have 100 cents for every $1. In the world of Bitcoin, you have 100 million Satoshis for every one Bitcoin. And so our hashtag Satoshi Math is an exercise to try and figure out how many Satoshis are in every $1 that you have when you convert it. (laughs) And then, so the way you figure out the sats, you take the the number one, which represents one dirty fiat dollar, and then you divide it by the decimalized version out eight decimal places of the current price of Bitcoin. So then you divide uh, the number one by 0.5. Zero zero, zero zero, nine four, zero zero, and you get approximately ten thousand six hundred sets. Oh, still on sale ish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, if we had done it last time around, you know, ninety nine hundred dollars, it would have been right at you know ten thousand sets, ten thousand one hundred sets, and that's the break e not break even. There's a certain number for that, maybe par. I I don't know. It's the symmetry point. Oh, we could call that the symmetry point of. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, the dollars to uh, Bitcoin or sats to Bitcoin. And rem- sats are short for Satoshis. All the cool kids use that term, sats. He's cool. I'm not. I say Satoshis. Uh, actually, if you go to the Cash App, Cash App is uh, likely the leading favorite location of Bitcoiners all around the world. There's a way to change the settings so that you can uh, read your Bitcoin in sats. Oh, interesting. Instead of um, the decimalized Bitcoin. That way, you don't, there's no decimal place. You mm. just see, you know... 10,000 sats or 100 million sats or 10 million sats, something yeah. like that. So it, I think it's better for psychology to see a large um, whole number there. Mm-hmm. All right, so for this uh, main part here, I mean, I really didn't have much this week. Um, you know, the the I, I did catch up with Crypto Bly. Uh, oh, yeah. This past week, yeah, I got a little uh, few minutes with him. We and did an interview with him. Yeah, we did an interview with him. We did it with uh, Maddie Sats out there. Shout out to Maddie Sats and Crypto Bly. It was this episode of Drinking Out Driving. I'll have to find that show and put it in the show notes. 
But we just kind of caught up on the state of the nation, state of the stock market, and the whole uh, idea, putting some description and words around the way the stock market is doing. We mentioned it at the kickoff of the show, but he had some really good descriptors, um, like the market is now nationalized because there was trillions of dollars printed by the Treasury, the Congress, the Fed, I don't know. There's so many different organizations printing money. Well, because the money is going directly from the government sources directly into the open market, free markets. And so when, when that happens, it becomes, that's the term, it's nationalized. It, mm. It's like the government owns the market that's supposed to be free and open, so then it's not really free and open. Oh. Yeah. That's not a good thing then. No, it's not. No. <laughs> that doesn't sound very good now. No, it's not. Uh-oh. It's not. It's not. It doesn't. It should not uh, portend future good in financial markets when the dollar is the world reserve currency of the world. Everything is priced in dollars, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's worrisome then. Hmm. Another idea is that yes, it is an election year. This November, we are going to be putting in uh, a new president or a new old president or something like that. And so that's another reason why the markets are gyrating through the you know what it is right now. We may be getting a new president. We never yeah. know, you know. Yeah. yeah, or a renewal of the president. And then um, also this idea of the Robinhood rally. There's apparently 13 million users on Robinhood, and uh-huh. because there's no sports betting. Because oh. the stock market's been going crazy, they're saying that uh, this is a you know a lot of it is attributed to the Robin what's called the Robinhood rally, which is casual buying of stocks on the Robinhood app. Interesting. Yeah, super interesting. Yeah, super interesting. super wacky and interesting times. And uh, again, we had the massive you know crash ish you know view of the charts, all the major indexes today, and a whole bunch of you know stocks sort of crashing looking liking they're crashing today again and so that was another you know another data point in yeah. in the view but you know the world of e-commerce is pumping like all most as far as i can tell from talking to lots of e-commerce businesses they're all doing really well i mean pandemic means people are home and people are home with more time and so they're shopping more they're buying more and i heard um i heard nick Huzar of offer up um, one of his uh, posts recently, he said, uh, yeah, it's a seller's market on OfferUp too. You post something and it's literally gone within days. And I've been experiencing that as a as an OfferUp seller myself. Spending's addictive. I think is spending it? is uh, the whole consumerism. Yeah. I think it's just uh, addictive. Hmm. You, get, you get used to the gratification, satisfaction. You get used to having material stuff, more yeah. material stuff, conveniences, luxuries. It's yeah. addictive. It's like, push the button, push the button, push the button. I just, I just want more Bitcoin. <laughs> I keep on losing them in these tragic boating accidents, and then I have to get more Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. That's well, that's a meme in the Bitcoin world, by the way. But it's true with us. We have lost, you know, all our Bitcoin. <laughs> and then the other idea that uh, Crypto Bly was telling me that I uh, that I really thought was. Um, a great articulation was that value investors have been nullified. And they've actually been more nullified recently because you have all these bankrupt company stocks going up 2x, 3x, 4x, something like that. And so these are stocks of companies that traditionally, once they declare bankruptcy, become, become basically worthless. 
and don't trade at all. But in this market that we're in, the global pandemic, COVID-19, and trillions of dollars being printed by the U.S. government, uh, arms of the U.S. government, it doesn't matter. Like, like value doesn't matter. And, um, this is not you know, sustainable. Valuations don't matter. And, and you know, there, there's people making fun of Warren Buffett because he sold all of his airline stocks. And all the airline stocks apparently went up um, <laughs> massive, massive percentages in the last what? couple of weeks or something. Yeah. Money, bur- money print go. Burr. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Um, money printer go beep boop beep. (laughs) 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 So it's a combination of, uh, you know, computerized printing of money and then also the physical printing of paper money out there. I want to try it. Money printer go boop beep boop beep bop. (laughs) (laughs) That was terrible. (laughs) That was terrible. Uh, all right, but I love you. You found it endearing. Yes, uh, very endearing. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the, the last uh, topic here, kind of a surprise topic. So, so publicly, the CEO of my company, uh, Jesper Anderson. Yeah, you're in- impressed with him. Yeah, yeah, I'm really impressed with him. I, I like him a lot so far. Three months in still. <laughs> he shared this one post on LinkedIn, and it was an interview with guess who? You probably haven't seen this because no. it hasn't gotten massive distribution, but it was an interview with uh, three people, one CNBC anchor slash commentator, three people. One was a female, um, I, actually, I think she was uh, maybe the head of the NASDAQ or oh. something like that. I'd never seen her before, That's so cool. I don't remember her name. But the second person in the interview was the chairman and founder of Vista Equity Partners, who owns InfoBlocks. Oh, he owns the company. So he was is the founder. Yeah, he is the, um, by many accounts, the wealthiest African-American in America. Oh, interesting. Somewhere around $5 billion. Wow. And, you know, he's African-American and done extremely well. And, um, you know, so he has influence over, you know, his portfolio companies. I think it's great that he's able to use his position as a, a renowned businessman to make the point to people who probably would never actually uh, think about it that uh, black lives do matter. And it's not to say that other lives don't matter. And that's the really important point that the CEO uh, of my company, Infoblocks, was trying to say in the recent all-hands call, which was that it's not to uh, nullify the lives of other people. It's to call attention to the injustices that have been endured by African Americans for about 400 years in America. Yeah, I I think it's a... we it's really important for all of us to stop and recognize that black people especially in america have really felt the brunt of inequity and injustice everywhere in this country over the years and so i think that's what black lives matters means it's it's really calling attention to our fallen brothers and sisters who really really are suffering and it's in their dna and their history and it really isn't fair yeah and we all can do something about it don't say it's not fair okay. <laughs> that's not fair life's not fair <laughs> we're not going to use that term in our family right, right. it's not fair it's <laughs> it's not equitable it's unequitable yeah, yeah very unequitable yeah i mean this is like a 
this is a topic that basically could go on and on and on and on into infinity, basically, uh, in its own show. And there are many, many other podcasts, wonderful podcasts that are addressing this topic. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like, you know, we want to touch on it, but we can't do the justice to the topic that no, you know other other shows have uh, already done so far, especially recently. There's some just amazing journalism oh, going yeah. on. Lately. I think the NPR show recently was just of my amazing. Shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's just phenomenal. Totally um, very insightful too. So yeah, it, it's it's coming to a crescendo, and hopefully, this um, healthy noise in the markets, healthy noise in the economy, healthy noise in you know social justice. Hopefully, it all continues, and we're able to see more peace, less violence. You know, all the all the good mojo in the world that you know we want to see, less um, innocent, unarmed people being uh, killed, murdered, injured. Otherwise, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's a lot of, you know, not great vibes uh, that's been going on for a long time and trying to fix that kind of stuff in the, um, you know, the way that we live in America. Society. Yep. So we got on off, got off on a little tangent there. But uh, so the third guest, so it was the anchor. I mm-hmm. said it was the, the lady who represents NASDAQ. It was Robert Smith, the mm-hmm. chairman, founder of Vista Equity Partners, the, org- the private equity company that owns Infoblox. Yeah. And then the third guest, was Paul Tudor Jones. Oh, <laughs> Paul Tudor Jones, who's become famous or infamous in he, the past couple months here. He, uh, so this, I've never really known who he was. I've only known him ever since he made the splash big big splash in the bitcoin world for having um uh, you know decidedly invested into bitcoin because he believes it's a great hedge yeah you know for the future but he's a southern gentleman showed up you know in a tie and you know long sleeve shirt and and uh you know speaks really well apparently the uh boomers love him uh he saved them from the 87 crash is what happened and so he's beloved in the uh, investment community, very well renowned. And so, you know, seeing my nights and weekends world, you know, Paul Tudor Jones, Bitcoin, yeah. you know, new Bitcoin guy. Yeah. And then my day job world, Robert Smith, Vista oh. Equity Partners, come into one TV show. You know, it was on YouTube, but come into one show. It was it was really, really fun to see And, that. you know, Paul Tudor Jones, his net worth is actually $5.1 billion, too. <laughs> so about the same. That's very, very interesting. Yeah. I'm looking him up on the internet right now on Wikipedia. Paul Tudor Jones II is an American billionaire hedge fund manager, conservationist, and philanthropist. In 1980, he founded his hedge fund, Tudor Investment Corporation, an asset management firm headquartered in Stamford, Connecticut. He is 65 years old, born in Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fine Southern gentleman. I like his drawl because it reminds me of my uh, growing up days in four North kids, Carolina. Four kids, baby. <laughs> he has four kids. Oh, dear. Got married in 1988. Uh, there is no privacy in the world. <laughs> okay, I think that brings us to the end of the show. And so uh, I'll get to get this show um, chopped up, edited, and out the door. So it's available tomorrow, June 12th, Friday. Thank you for joining us for another show of Windchill Time. I'm Luggage Donkey. I'm Ari in Seattle. Come say hi to us over on Twitter. Uh, love getting feedback from uh, folks, you know, strangers or 
um, people who we work with <laughs> is kind of fun. People and in the so community helps us helps us uh, yeah helps us improve the show and you know gives us material to actually talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for joining us and uh, appreciate uh, you spending time with us. Yeah, thank you for being with us. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. share. Together we rise. Be nice, y'all. Bye. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Windshield Time, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a non-technical, fun, informative way to learn about money, Bitcoin, blockchains, crypto, and digital assets for busy parents and working folks who are curious about these new technologies. Day, Ari, and their guests talk about these evolutionary systems of money and what they do, y'all. Because what part of your life does money not touch? This podcast is not financial advice, and your reactions are your total and complete responsibility, y'all. Now, thanks again, and enjoy the show. Your turn. What are you doing? Just stuck inside.